You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real pain. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play Music to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to stream. You can also visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more info about PCLB and visit our event tab to see what's going on this month. Lastly, like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram at PC Las Vegas. Thank you again and enjoy the message. Uh, this morning, amen, for real, for real. We're going to get into the Word of God. Amen. I want you to turn to 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 17, and we're going to start reading from verse 1. Amen. 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1. Amen. We're reading now the New Living Translation. Amen. So as you're turning there, amen, the Word of God says this. Now, Elijah, who was a man from Gilead, told King Ahab, as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, the God I serve, somebody say the God I serve, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few, week, uh, few years until I give word. Amen. There will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give word. Today I want to minister on a message I entitled, Dry Seasons Will Come. Dry seasons will come. How many have ever gone through a dry season in your walk with God? Come on, hallelujah. Maybe you're in a dry season today or right now. But let's look at dry seasons this morning, amen. See, here in the passage of Scripture, we, we see that God stops the rain. And I know that last year I ministered about the rain is coming. And I, I believe that the rain is coming, amen. I, I believe that your harvest, somebody say my harvest. Your harvest is on the way, amen. And so, but we got to understand also that we got to contend. We got to see that cloud. You got to go out with some, some, uh, you know, with some uh, uh, encouragement that you got to contend for your rain. You got to contend for your harvest. But we have to understand that sometimes there are dry seasons. Can somebody say amen? And God stops sometimes that rain in our lives. Let me give you a little history of this, uh, of what's happening here in this passage of Scripture. Elijah is a prophet sent by God to confront King Ahab. Ever since King Solomon died, each king of Israel was wicked. And every time a new king will rise up to take place of that old king, that king will be even more wickeder than the king past, the past king. So instead of Israel, which is God's people, Instead of Israel getting better, they were getting worse. Now, a few priests left from the tribe of Levite, amen, and some of them left, amen, to Judah with the king of Asa with him, amen. Then, then the priests that were appointed by Israel's king at that time and moment, they were corrupt. So with no king, no priest to bring God's word to the people, God sends Elijah to encourage them to turn them back to God. Are you following me? How many know that God will send an Elijah your way? 
Come on, you, you ever met an Elijah your way? Come on, that God sent him in. It could be a co-worker. It can be your friend, a neighbor, amen. It could be a family or a stranger. Somebody that God sends in your life to point you back to God. Come on, can somebody say amen? Come on. Here, you got to understand that God is very displeased with Israel. And he tells Elijah, go tell King Ahab that there will be no rain for a few years. How I many know that no rain is big trouble? Amen. Come on. you got to understand, church, when we as a church rebel, let me speak to the church here. When we rebel as a church, when we start doing things that we shouldn't be doing, when we start following false ideas of who God is, when we start following a gospel that's really not the gospel, come on, uh, when we start turning lies into truths and truth into lies, God will stop the rain in your life. Come on. Come on, when you're sidetracked, when you're doing your own thing and you're off course, amen, uh, come on, uh, God will stop the rain in your life. He doesn't stop the rain to kill you, but he stops it to wake you up. So he'll send an Elijah or Jesus your way to encourage you to turn back to God. It's in those dry seasons that God wants you to find him again. Come on. See, that's why the backslider comes home. They were dry. That's why people that were once serving God, amen, a dry season hit their life and God sends something their way to turn them back to him. And people will start to come back because they're in a season, amen, that there is no fruit. They're in a season, amen, where there is no harvest. They're in a season of just dryness. People are just living today instead of really living. You understand? They're just getting up day by day, and it's the same old thing. It's a routine within their lives. And how many know there's a lot more to life than just that? Than working, going to, going to work, waking up, eating, going to work. Break. I mean, come on, people, this is a routine, and God came to bring life. And so there, there's times where seasons where God will stop things or, or send someone your way to say, you know what, this is what life is all about. Israel was in rebellion. King Ahab marries Jezebel. We all know who she is, huh? She bad. Hallelujah. Turn to somebody and say, she bad. Don't, she ugly. <laughs> she real ugly, amen. Come on. We all know that Jezebel, here he marries King Ahab, the king of Israel, amen, who worships Baal. And now all of Israel is worshiping this false god. So Elijah walks up to this Baal-worshiping king, and he tells him, you know what, there's not going to be no rain for several years. Ahab is shocked. Ahab just built the strongest military defense. Come on, but that defense will have no help against the drought. He had many priests of Baal, but they could not produce any type of rain. So Elijah confronts the man of God who led his people into evil. And God told him, go tell them there will be no rain. And so he goes, tells them of a God, of a power that's far greater than your false pagan God. Listen, when rebellion was at an all-time high in Israel, God responded not only with words, church, but with action. 
We must only, not only respond with words, church. We got to respond with action. Come on, we, not, we must just be the word, but what? Doers of the word. Come on, we must respond to action. Come on, when you're going through a season in your life, you can't just shrivel up and die right there. You have to do something about it. You're going to have to start cultivating something to bring life back. Amen. The seasons here are called to you for action. Paul calls you to go back. Turn back to prayer. You know, when you're going through a dry season, people don't pray. Come on, somebody can agree with me. Come on, when you're in a dry season, you don't want to read the word. Come on, when you're in a dry season, amen, you're, you're looking at your season. You're looking at your dryness. You're, you're looking at your situation. Uh, you're looking at your storm. Uh, come on, we're not turning to what we need to turn to, amen. Uh, we're not building the spirit, man, uh, with the truth, amen. Uh, but a dry season is a wake-up call, church. Come on, uh, don't ignore the call. Don't ignore your dry seasons. Uh, God is trying to point you back to him uh, to bring you life again. Man, I don't know why I said man. Man, hallelujah. <laughs> Something else was coming, but I like, man, that was it. <laughs> you ever lost your thought a little bit? <laughs> he just lost his mind over there, amen. <laughs> Dry seasons are going to come, church. Come on, dry seasons will come because we stop doing point. Come on, dry seasons come, amen, because, come on, you got to understand that when we stop doing what we're supposed to do, church, uh, that can sometimes lead to most cases rebellion. Look what it says in 1 Kings as we continue to read the story. Kings 17, 2 to 7 now. New Living Translation, I'm reading. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go to the east and hide in Kareth Brook, near where it enters the Jordan River. And drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you. For I commanded them to bring you food. So Elijah did what the Lord told him and camped at besides Kareth Brook, east of the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening, and he drank from the brook. But after a, a while, the brook dried up. Somebody say dried up. For there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. If you go down to verse 8 and 9, it says this, And the Lord said to Elijah, Go and live in the village of Seraphath, near the city of Sidon, and, and I instructed a widow to feed you there. And verse 10 says, So he went to Zarephath. Another thing that when we go through dry seasons, church, is to get you closer to God. Can somebody say amen? See, Elijah depended on God. Elijah responds with season of dryness, with obedience, with action, church. Twice God tells Elijah to go. Somebody say, go. He tells him to go and he go to go to the brook, go to the village, amen, in his dry season. And each time he went, he responded with action. Notice that he never complained. He threw it back at God's face saying, you know what, I'm doing what you're telling me to do, but I'm still in a dry place. 
No, come on, come on. We're, how many know that we're good, so good, amen? When we're in a dry place, amen, we complain when we're going through the sea. Never did he say, God, uh, you know what? I did this. I went here, and I'm still in a, in a dry season. I'm still in a dry place. No, each time he responded with obedience. Each time he responded with action, church. See, each time when he went through his dry season, the prophet Elijah, he drew closer to God. In obedience. See, God allows season of dryness, church, that you can start to depend on him again. To draw you closer to him and to trust him. Isn't it funny that when we're in the rain and there's harvest all around us, amen, uh, when life is good and we're happy, amen, uh, come on, serving, giving, loving, amen, uh, coming to church, serving God isn't a problem. Come on, somebody. Come on, it really isn't, amen, but when God wants to draw you closer and when God wants to bring increase to your faith and wants you to trust him more, when he stops to reign in your life, in order to do that, amen, we want to quit. Come on, we start complaining. We start comparing. We stop serving. We stop giving. Come on, we don't want to go to church. Hello. Come on, when everything's flowing, amen, no problem. I'll be there, pastor. I'll show up. I'll serve. But once the rain hits your life and some dryness is coming there because God wants you to draw you closer because he sees something ahead that you're going to need his strength, amen. So he allows the rain to come, stop the rain in your life, amen, to draw you closer to him, amen, to get you built up, to get you tough to depend on him. Because there's a situation because God knows all things. Come on, somebody. He sees your future. He sees what's coming ahead. He goes, man, I need you to draw you and I'm going to stop the rain for a moment because I want you to come in and I want you to trust me a little bit more. I need you to come in because you're going to need me. Because this will take you out. But through that course, amen, uh, we, we, we seem to give up. We start to complain, amen. We stop to read. Uh, we don't pray no more, amen. We're not coming to church no more. Here Elijah responded in action. He responded in obedience. He responded with a simple, yes, Lord. Come on, do you still say yes to God? Or do you say maybe? Or do you say, I don't got time right now? Come on, are you responding when he calls you with yes? Come on, you, you know what I'm talking about. When he tugs at you and says, why don't you read, my, read the word a little bit? I don't want to. Like today, man, you know, it's a cloudy day, man. Blankets feel so good today. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> It'd be all right if I just don't go today. Jesus knows my heart. Come on, come on. You ever use that one, amen? Oh, you all cuddled up, man. You know, I'm just going to stay home, turn on the fireplace, and watch movies. Pajama day, hallelujah. Let me tell you, some of you guys were going through that. You know, we, we, we get into these things, amen, that we, 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 we don't want to go. Do we say yes to God? Come on, uh, maybe you had a bad day yesterday, man, uh, and God said, you need to get to the house. You need to trust me more. Uh, you're going through a season, amen. Uh, I'm trying to draw you closer to me. Uh, do we respond, you know what, you haven't been there for me. Where have you been at, God? I, I, I've been doing this. I've been serving. Uh, I've been giving my life. and Man, I'm still in this dry place. 
Come on, I'm, I'm trying, to, trying to love my wife. I'm trying to love, love my husband. I'm trying to do the right thing. And, and man, she's getting worse. He's getting worse. It's not working, God. What's up with this? Like we're going to do one little prayer and a princess. Prince Charles or whatever, whatever your prince is, amen. You know, we, we pray all these things and we don't see it changing, amen. We're asking God, God, I need this answer prayer. I'm in a dry season in our marriage. I'm in a dry season in my walk with you. And all I see is this dryness and weeds. God, where's the rain? And God says, I want you to do all closer to me. I want you to trust me. I'm trying to do something inside of you. Are you just serving me because I bless you? Oh, now we run to daddy. Oh, yeah, look at daddy. My domingo? <laughs> is that right? That's all they say in Spanish for, for allowance or whatever it is? Is it domingo? Mi domingo? <laughs> I'm Mexican, Mexican, okay? <laughs> I'm for real, for real Mexican. Come on, we just run to God, amen, when, when we want something and he's always giving. But how about when you run to him, he says, no. Not today. What are you going to do? Are you going to still smile at him? Are you still going to love daddy, amen? Or are you going to walk away and complain? See, that, that's how it is sometimes because you know what? We're spoiled. And God sometimes wants to take the spoilness off our lives to say, man, I'm here because I love you, Daddy. If you don't want to give me, it's all right. You have given enough. The cross was enough, church. See, Elijah responded in action. Elijah responded in obedience. He responded with a simple, yes, Lord. I trust you, Lord. I rely on you, Lord. I'm going to draw closer to you in my dry season, knowing that you're going to take care of me. He's going to take care of you, church. I'm here to let you know he'll take care of you. In your dryness, he has not forgotten you. He will take care of you. You got to believe that. You got to trust that. Amen. The devil's the one that comes and says, he's not going to take care of you. He doesn't care about you. He don't want to. He don't want to do anything with you. No. God says, I will take care of you. Draw closer to me. Come on. Some of you guys are in a dry season right now. You're wondering, where's God? Why is this going in my life? Why am I sick? Why is my family going through this? Why, why am I going through all this? And God says, I want you to draw to me. Listen, in a nation, in a nation that was required, listen church, by law to care for its prophets. Israel is supposed to take care of their prophets. Look who God uses to take care of Elijah. He uses ravens, unclean birds, and a widow. Listen, that's a foreigner of Jezebel's homeland. Look who he uses. Come on, isn't it ironic that God will bring help where you least expect it, church. Come on, somebody. God provides way beyond our imagination. Uh, come on, uh, God will supply it from anywhere. Because he's the God of resource and uses ravens to bring him food and a widow to help him. 
I remember one time back in Sahara, the building. Who, who ever went to the Sahara building here? Amen. Back in our first building, amen. I remember a time in our season, it was a dry season. And man, we were short $500 rent for the building. I was like, God, oh, oh, our first dry season. I was telling my wife, man, what are we going to do here? And she tells me, call Pastor Neville. And I said, I'm going to call her. We've been off support, amen. Let me tell you, we've just, we, were, we got, they sent us out here, and we've been self-support since then. And so you know what comes up on me? Pride. I'm going to, she's going to think I'm a failure. I'm not, not going to call her for money. You know, I got no money, but I'm like, God, you need to help me. I'm in a dry season. God, and I don't want to call my pastor and say, Pastor, I need $500. That's why we were short 500 bucks. How are we going to pay the rent? And so we waited and we stretched it out one more day. I said, Sunday is coming in, $500. And zero came in. <laughs> and I'm like, God, I don't want to make the phone call. And so what I do, I say, God, I'm going to draw to you. I said, God, you are my provider. You are my everything. You said you'll be with me always. Amen. I came out here trusting you, believing you. And so I went into a prayer mode. Amen. Started to pray, God, you send $500 right now. I mean, I'm going off. I'm going off in prayer. Amen. I said, God, I got no, 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 500. I mentioned 500 times, 500 times $500. I mean, I was going off on God. Amen. But I, was, I wasn't doing it in disrespectful. I was believing, trust. God, you're going to bring 500 bucks. You're going to use somebody, put in somebody's heart. Boom, boom. No lying. My, my, my wife's a witness. The very next day on that Monday, a check came in the mailbox from the mayor of Huntington Park. The mayor of Huntington Park. She knows us. I really don't know her. A check from the mayor. Guess how much it was? 501. No. <laughs> I'm just playing. 500. 500. Come on. My God will use anyone to supply our needs, church. He dropped in the heart of the mayor of the city of Huntington Park. I get a check, and I said, I told my wife, I'm like, look. I was tripping out. I said, I need to pay for thousands now. Amen. Hallelujah. I was tempted, listen, I was tempted to take what I got, double or nothing. <laughs> I was tempted almost, amen, to do that with the tithes and offerings that we had. But I said, nope, <laughs> I'm going to trust God, amen. God will use whoever to bring what you need, church. This is the God that we serve. This is Elijah's trust in God. No matter how... Bitter your, your, your trial seem. No matter how hopeless your situation may look like in our dry seasons, we should look to God to take care of us. I've learned from that day that, you know what, I'm always going to trust in God. Man will fail us, amen. People will fail us. Family will fail. Hello. Family will fail us, amen. Friends will turn your back on you, amen. But my God will never turn his back on you. So I learned to go there, and though he uses people, amen, I draw to my first source, which is God. God responded, amen. you got to respond to God in dry season. you got to look towards him to take care of you. Let's look at the story as where it goes. 
1 Kings 17 now, six, uh, 10 to 16. It's a cool story, man. I, I'm reading Kings, amen. I, I'm so fascinated with what God's doing with Elijah and doing what he's doing here. You know, we study about Elijah, about the don't, don't look down, look up, amen. What, what Elijah went through some things, some dry seasons. And God brought him back, amen. He'll bring you back. Come on, somebody say amen. So it goes on to say in verse 10, so he went to Zarephath, and as he entered the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks and asked her, would you please bring me a little cup of water? As she was going to get it, he called her and says, bring me a bite of bread too. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God, I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. I only have a handful of flour in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. And I was gathering sticks to cook this last meal. And then me and my son are going to die. You got to understand, they're in a famine. No rain. You remember the prophet spoke, there'll be no rain. The famine has hit the land. There is no famine. There is no harvest. There is no nothing. And so this is all that she has now. And so there is nothing. But Elijah said to her, look at what he says to her. Don't be afraid. Somebody say, don't be afraid. Come on, somebody, look at somebody say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. He says, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do what you said, but make me a little bread for me first. Then use what's left to prepare your meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the Time the Lord will send rain and the crops will grow again. So Elijah did as he said, or she did as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat. Look it, for what? Many days. There was enough flour and oil left in the containers just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. See, when the widow of Zarephath, met Elijah. She thought she was preparing her last meal. Come on, she was in a dry season, church. She was going to die in this season, amen. She was already thinking, we're going to die. The famine is in our land. We got no harvest. This is all I got left. She knew what she had in that jar. She knew what she had in that container. She knew, said, man, this is it. I'm going to prepare this last meal. So here she's thinking, there is no hope in this famine. There is no hope in this dry season that I'm in. Don't it feel at times when you're going through a dry time in your life, amen, that, come on, and nothing is changing, uh, you kind of feel that you're going to die in your situation? Come on, somebody, amen, uh, in that storm or battle that you're going through, amen, uh, that you know what, there's no way out of this one, amen. This situation that I'm in is dead. Come on, you ever been there? This is how this widow felt. Man, this is it. There is going to be no change. This is the best it's going to be. You ever, you ever just accept that this is the best it's going to be? My marriage will never get any better. My, my finances will never get any better. You know, and then, then, you know this, my life is never going to get any better. I, I accept it. There's a lot of Christians today accepting where they're at instead of contending for the more. Come on, my God came to give us more. Yet we contend for the very things that we're in and we think nothing is going to change. This is how the widow felt. But how many know there's always hope in Jesus? Come on, somebody. There's always hope in Jesus. Listen, church. When you give God all you have, he will bless it and give it back to you more. I don't think you heard that. 
I said, when you give God all you have, he will give it back more abundantly back to you, church. you got to give him what you have. You'll never run dry with the Lord. Remember the five loaves and the two fishes? What did he do with that? <laughs> Come on, fed 5,000 men and their families. Come on, when you give him what you have, it will always be more, church. There's always an abundance when you trust God. Come on, somebody. When you trust God, you'll never, somebody say never. You'll never be lacking. You'll never be lacking. You'll never be lacking, church, when you give everything to God. But here, a simple act of faith. Somebody say faith. A simple act of faith produced a miracle. She trusted Elijah. She gave all, somebody say all. She gave all she had to eat to him. Church, when you have trust, you got to trust your Elijah. You got to have trust in Jesus. I mean, when you give, you, you give it all to Christ, I mean, when you trust him, I mean, you watch what he does with that. I gave God my all in that prayer when I needed those $500. And let me tell you, I, I, I was going to call my pastor if I needed to. I had to put the pride aside, but I said, God, I'm going to come to you first. And I'm in other God sometimes will say, you know, call your pastor. And I said, okay, I'll call him. But I'm going to come to you, God, and you tell me what I need to do. And so when you start to do that, church, and when you give him your all and you trust God in your situation, watch what he'll do. Watch what he'll do. He'll always, somebody say always, he'll always bless you, church. Listen, faith is a step between promise and assurance. Faith is a step of confidence. How many of you are you going to have to step out? Somebody say step out. You have to step out, and that's what faith is. You're stepping out into the unknown. You're stepping out onto there. But when you step in, you step into insurance with God. Peter stepped out of his boat. Remember when Jesus called him, amen. We need to step out. See, Jesus is calling some of you guys. He's calling you to trust him a little bit more. He's calling you out of your situation. He's calling you out of your comfort zone. He says, you know what? You want me to stretch you? You want me to bless you? Then you're going to have to take a step forward, and you're going to have to trust me in this. You're going to have to trust him and step out because until you do, church, that promise will never get fulfilled. And God is calling you, but are you saying, no, I'm scared. No, God, I don't want to. Or are you simply going to step out when he says, come? See, right when he says, is that you? You look at the scriptures, come on, Peter, is that you? He goes, that's me. Okay, that's you. I'm stepping out. Because how many of the devil can lie and be like an angel of the light and call you into situations that it's not God? Come on, somebody. Like that relationship that you may be in is not God. But he's so cute. No, no, that's a devil, amen. Get rid of that dude, Amen. Come on, is this God? Come on, you got to pray for relationships. Don't base it on cuteness. Come on, come on, give it 10 years. That cuteness leaves. I thank God it was reversed on me, amen. I go the opposite. I started out looking at me, but whoo, watch out. <laughs> I'm sorry. But you're going to have to step out and trust God in situation when he's calling you. I know that you hear him saying, do this, do that, yet we hesitate and we don't do it. 
And God is calling you to draw you closer to him because he wants to bless you. He wants to deliver you. He wants to set you free, amen. But you're going to have to step out in faith until you step out into the waters, church, and trust your Jesus, trust your Elijah. Then he can do something in your life. I'm preaching better than you're clapping. Woo, somebody come on, give a clap to the Lord, amen. Miracles can sometimes seem out of reach, but every miracle, small or big, begin, listen, with an act of obedience, with an act of faith of stepping out. You may not see the solution, church, because right here, when you're right here in the boat, you don't see the solution. But when you step out, you start to see God's faith, God's, God's power, God's mercy, God's everything. When you step out, because here you won't see it. You won't see it as long as you stay within yourself, man, until you take that step of faith and say, oh, yeah, you're going to do something. That assurance comes. God, you're going to heal my marriage. You're going you're to do something inside my life. You're going you're gonna to move upon this situation. You're going you're gonna to meet our circumstance. You're going to meet our need when you step out. Can somebody say amen? See, this widow out, uh, took a step of faith. She thought it was her last meal because of the famine and the dry season in her life. But she took a step of faith, trusted the man of God, and gave all she had. And they continued to eat. Did it say a couple days? It said what? Many days. What she thought was her last meal turned into many days. I'm not sure how many days that is. It can be weeks and months. It, it, it was all the way to, he says, till the rain comes back. So it probably went on for years that God kept filling that jar with flour and that, that jug with oil. Each time she thought it was the last, there's more. <laughs> Whoa. Reaching in there, Whoa. Probably even having a fight. <laughs> we have time to play with this, amen. Listen, church. Faith is seeing light with your heart when all your eyes see is darkness. See, when you give Jesus your all, you'll never be lacking. But the key is found in verse 13 of that, of that, of that, of that chapter there. Elijah tells her, don't be afraid. God is telling some of you people here today, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. God is telling you, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. He's speaking to some of you guys who are afraid and you think your circumstance is not going to change. But God's saying to you, don't be afraid. Juanita, don't be afraid. Come on. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, church. Don't be afraid. God's speaking to you. Don't be afraid. That's, 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 that's the key there. Don't be afraid. Look what, he, look what happens to the willow. willow. <laughs> the widow after this. Amen. 1 Kings 17, 17 to 24. Just read the end of the story here. So sometime later, so this is time after they've been eating, God's moving, she, she witnessed a miracle, man, she thought this was the last meal, 
Man, there's meals for many days. God's moving in their life. Later, some, it says, sometime later, the woman's son became sick and grew worse and weak. So she said to Elijah, oh, man of God, what have you done to me? Why have you, have you come to point out my sins? Elijah replied, give your son. He his body in his arms and carried him upstairs and laid the body on his bed. Then Elijah cried out to the Lord, oh, my God. Why have you brought tragedy to this widow who is owed to me, causing her son to die? And so he stretched himself over the child three times and cried out to the Lord, Oh, Lord, my God, please let this child's life return to him. And the Lord heard Elijah's prayer, and the child's life was returned, and he was revived. And Elijah brought him down from the upper room and gave it to his mother. He goes, Look, he said, your son's alive. And the woman told Elijah, now I know for sure that you are a man of God and the Lord truly speaks through you. Church, I'm here to let you know that fear will always come knocking. She just witnessed a miracle. She stepped out in faith. She stepped out in obedience. She gave all she had and my God showed up for her. But guess who came knocking at her door? Fear came back again. This time fear brought a couple friends. Doubt and confusion. Come on, this widow's son gets sick and dies. And now she's scared and has doubt. In verse 18 she said, what have you done to me? She's confused. She witnessed a miracle. God, God, God extended life, amen, fed. So she's confused. Goes, have you come to point out my sins? Have you came to put out, point out all my wrongs and kill my son? Now she's doubting him. Calls. She's like, what's going on? I'm confused. I'm, 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 there's some doubt in my life. Church, the devil is so good at throwing your past in your face. Come on, have you ever come to church and God speaks to you? Come on, meets your need, meets you in your dry season. You get your breakthrough, amen. You start taking steps of victory forward, amen. And then fear comes knocking at your door again. Hello. Come on, you're, you're shouting the victory, amen. And Monday, he's knocking at your door. Or you've been serving the Lord for a while and then things are hitting your life and the devil throws your past at you. Or telling you, you're not right. You're still in sin. Amen. These things are happening because you're still sinning. Amen. Uh, God hasn't forgiven you. Listen, church. Fear is from the enemy. When trouble hits and when you feel like you're drowning uh, in your situation, fear will always come knocking uh, to keep you in your dry season. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For the Lord has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. See, when the devil starts reminding of your past, you know what you need to do? You need to remind him of his future. Come on. He loses, church. Your past is forgiven, amen. His future is for sure. Come on. He loses at the end, church. Every saint has a past, and every sinner has a future. See, the devil knows your name and calls you by your sin. God knows your sin and calls you by your name. Don't listen to the voice of the enemy, church. 
because he'll come knocking when you start to make forward process. Let me tell you, for some of you today, he's going to come knocking to you. He's going to knock at your door. You're going to come up here and get some victory. You're going to get some, you're going to come up and get your prayer, your breakthrough, amen, and he's going to knock tomorrow morning and says, you know what, you're still the same. Well, that's not going to change. And he starts to bring fear, and then he brings doubt, and he brings, he brings worry with him. You've got to understand, church, the enemy's not going to roll over and die just because you got saved. Nope, lost her, lost him. <laughs> he's, he's not going to give up. He's going to keep coming and coming and coming and coming, church. He's going to bug you. He's going to keep knocking. He's going to continue to bring fear, doubt, confusion. He's not going to stop. His job is to kill, steal, and destroy. But my Jesus comes and can bring you life. 1 Peter 5.8, it says, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. Can I let you know that he's, he's running loose right now? He is prowling so far away. He's, he's, he's running. He got, he got teams, tag teams on you, amen. He got his demons after you, amen. He got, he's, he's, he's coming right after you. He's roaming. He's seeking to take you out. Oh, yeah, you want to get saved? Uh, oh, yeah, you think you're going to church and everything's going to be good? Uh, you think, oh, yeah, miss, you trust God? Well, let me see if you really do. The devil comes roaming. And can I let you know, God allows him. But he says he'll never give you anything that, what, you, you can't handle. And when it does come, he gives you an escape plan. So what comes at you, church, God allowed to come to build your character, to build you strength, amen. The enemy will come. He can huff and puff, church, but he can't blow your house down. Come on, he can't take your joy away if he didn't give it to you. You have to guard it. You have to, you have to draw to God in these dry seasons, church. The devil's roaming. He's seeking to take you out and keep you in that dry season. But verse 9 of 1 Peter 5 says, resist him. Be steadfast in faith. You're going to have to trust God in those moments of dry seasons, church. Even when God has done a miracle, listen, an answer to prayer. You got your breakthrough. It doesn't mean uh, that problems will never come again. Provision, uh, God's provision is never given in order to let you rest in it. We must keep depending on God as we face each new trial. Just because he gave you victory is not supposed to, you know what, okay, I can rest now. No, no, no. You got to keep depending on God. You got to keep trusting God. See, if you don't give God what you have, church, you'll die. Let me say that again. If you don't give God all that you got, all that you got to God, you will die. Elijah tells the widow, give me your son. Give me your dead son. Elijah cries out. He stretches himself over the child three times. And I believe once for the father the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, come on. He, he cries over this child. In verse 22, the Lord says, the Lord heard his prayers. And the child's life came back to life. Amen. Uh, and Elijah tells the widow, look, your son 
is alive. See, sometimes we think, amen, in this dry season that, that's never going to end, that, that your situation is dead, amen, that your dreams are now dead, amen, that your vision is now dead, your future is dead. And God says, give me your dry season, amen. Give me your dead situation. Give me your dreams, your future. What may seem dead, I can bring to life, amen, if you simply give it to me. You're going to have to give them your dry season, church. You can't forget, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. John eleven twenty five 25 says that I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Thank you, baby, for the loud amen. That should have been amen everywhere, amen. Come on, church, though it may seem dead, you'll live. God's come to bring life into you. God's come to speak life into us. You know, we come to church, and people come to church because they're in a dry season. People come to church because, you know, there's things hitting their lives. They say, God, I need you. I need you to move upon this situation. You got to give it all to him, church. And you got to do it in in prayer and in faith. Verse 22 says, the Lord heard Elijah's prayer. I'm here to let you know the Lord hears your prayers, church. He hears your cries. He knows exactly where you're at, amen. And when you give him those things that seem dead, he'll bring it to life. God's saying, give me, your, give me that. Why are you walking around? Like you're dead. Why are you walking around dead? I came to give you life. Remember when he called his friend Lazarus out of the tomb? What was the first thing they, he told him to do to his friend? Remove, loosen those dead clothing because this man's not dead. He's alive. See, some of you guys are walking. Mummy Christians, amen. You come to church, amen, but you're all dead. There's no life in you, amen. God's saying, I've come to remove uh, those dead clothing uh, from you, uh, from your spirit, amen. You're so, so dead and caught up, amen, that you seem there is no hope. And God says, you know, give me what you got, amen, uh, and I will bring life to you, amen. Uh, I'm here to give you life more abundantly, amen. Take those clothes off and put on what I've given you. I didn't die on the cross, amen, that you can walk around like a dead dummy. Not mummy, dummy. And if you don't take them off, that's what you're walking out today, a dead dummy, a puppet of the devil. It's the truth, church. I'm not trying to condemn you. That's what you are. There's only two masters that you serve, guys. You either serve God or you don't. And when you don't, you're not just doing your own thing. You're serving the devil. It's really that simple. Because at the end, it's heaven or hell. There is no in between. You know, there's not like, oh, you get a, a week here and then you get a week there. <laughs> you <laughs> Timeshare. There's no timeshare in heaven, amen. And you, you go to hell and say, oh, I, I got vacation time. I can go to heaven for a week. 
<laughs> there, there is none of that, church. You either serve two, you can't serve two masters, it says. You're going to either be devoted to one and not to the other. You cannot serve two masters. And Christians, they think they can do their thing and play with the world, amen, and serve God and receive all the blessings. You ain't getting nothing. You may feel good about yourself. You may listen to the lies. Yeah, go to church, amen. You're all right. Come on, it gives you another pass, a free, a free pass to do some things. Free pass for the, you know, you go ahead, keep drinking, keep smoking, keep doing your thing. It's all right. You're in church today. You got a free pass for a week. You, 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 got, you got to understand church. You know, that's why our church is not packed out, amen, because I preach like this, amen. But I'm here to preach the truth, amen, because the truth is what sets you free, amen. I'm not here leading you down a, a blind road, amen. I, I'm, not the, I'm, not, you know, I'm not the blind leading the blind, amen. I'm here to lead you to everlasting life, amen. That you got to understand you need to choose today. That's why it says in the Bible, choose this day who you will serve. But as for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. You got to make a choice. Come on, man of God, amen. If you're a priest in your home, make a stand in your home, amen. Come on, woman of God, amen, stand behind your man, amen. Don't allow your kids to do what they want to do. Stop being the devil's puppet. Start being a servant of the Lord. Time is short, guys. And I hate, you know, I got to push this. Time is short. It's not time to figure out, do I really want to serve God or not? Man, you're confused. Guess what came knocking at your door? Confusion. (laughs) I mean, the church is confused today because there's no truth in it. You walk into the church and say, oh, you can do that here? Woo, it changed. All right. See, Pastor, all right, I'm going to go over here. They allow me to do what you told me I can't. Well, I didn't tell you you can't. The Word of God tells you you can't, amen. You want to listen to man or you want to listen to God's Word, amen. Don't, don't point it on me. I'm just preaching His Word. Come on. No, no, you just want to go where your itchy ears feel good to you. Come on, that's what the Bible says in the last days. Uh, they'll, 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 go, they'll go to suit what their itchy ears want to hear. And they'll turn what's a true to a, I'm ready for conference. <laughs> I'm ready for conference. Conference is about truth. Come on, that's the that's theme uh, for our conference in, in, in March. I mean, truth. Hallelujah. Oh, I pray they call me up and say, I want you to preach, amen. Hallelujah. I'm ready to go throw some truth at them. They're turning the truth into a lie and a lie into a truth now. Come on. Like something that was not true back then is now true now? What changed? God said it was bad now, and it's like, oh, it's okay now. Come on, my God's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. My God does not change, the Bible says. But now they're twisting the truth. And the devil's so good, and he's bringing it in the church. And churches are getting packed out. They think, ah, they love God, they're worshiping God, but they're not living the truth. I'll save that for conference. Sneak peek, yeah, there you go. Preview. They may not even call me, so that's all right. <laughs> I'll bring it here. I'll bring it here. I'll bring it here. I'll bring it here. Hallelujah. 
Second part of James chapter 5, 16 says, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. As I close today, church, God wants to bring some dry seasons in your life to bring order in your life. Don't look at it as a bad thing, church. When a dry season comes, he's just trying to get your attention. He's trying to draw you back, church. God always has more resources and people that we know about. And although we might wish to do amazing miracles for God, we should, we should instead focus on developing our relationship with God. Our thing is that, man, we're here to build a relationship. That should, that should always be your focus. I'm here to build my relationship with God. I want to I know God more. The real miracle of Elijah's life, church, was that he had a very personal relationship with God. And that miracle is available to us as well. Come on, somebody say amen. James chapter 5, 17 to 18 says this. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And again he prayed, and the heavens opened, and rain came, and the earth it's crop. These prayers, these answers prayers only happen, church, when you have a relationship. In his dry season, this dry season, it, it all started off because Elijah prayed. He prayed that there would be no rain, church. That the people of Israel would come back to God. That's why that he stopped the rain, was to draw them back. Dry seasons, church, God is calling us back to him, church. Back to you. And let's all stand.